Sanders. The Morning Show team is gathered and ready. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Adam Fike has the detailed forecast. And Bob Slider and Tony Caridi have sports. Plus commentary, rants, and interviews with Howard Monroe. This is the Watchdog Morning Show on the Watchdog Radio Network. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Well, I think we are actually walking in sunshine inside and out. We started off the morning a pretty rainy morning. When Slider came in, it was a heavy rain. When I came in, it was drizzle. And um, by now, I think the rain has all stopped. It's going to be maybe a little bit overcast for a bit and then a sunny day for the rest of the day. But the temperatures are going to drop during the day today. We were up in the uh, low 60s earlier. Now 58 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 59 at the Highlands, 59 at my studios in Elm Grove in the backyard where I'm not. And 59 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley, into the low 50s today, staying in the low 50s, maybe even high 40s over the next couple of days, and um, mostly sunny for the next uh, couple of days. So that's all. That's all well and good. It just shows again, Howard, we've been really, really lucky weather-wise because we're in the second week of November, and boy, the last couple of days, just really, really nice t-shirt and, weather. And Adam Fike told us earlier this morning that his best long-term outlook, now things can change, so I won't say that, and Adam will tell you that, uh, is that uh, we're looking at... Uh, you know, this kind of weather basically through Thanksgiving. Yeah, we'll take it. So, absolutely, we will take it. Uh, 9-11 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is a Thursday, which means the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show uh, every Thursday afternoon from noon to 3. Uh, Donnie is continuing to recuperate a bit. We talked about he had some uh, medical issues, and he's still uh, recu- at home, recuperating at home. Yeah, he's irritated. He was hoping the doctor was, would re- release him this week, but uh, the doctor said, no, we're going to stick to this game plan. I told you six weeks there, Mr. Gilbert. Uh, I'll tell you when you're going back to work. So um, in exchange for Donnie Gilbert, we get... Good old boys on sports. Mr. Slider and Bear. Talking a lot of sports, uh, how we're going to have some fun today. The top five would have really hit you right in the uh, wheelhouse. We're doing our top five movie characters of all time. Think of all the crazy, great movie movie characters. characters. And we're doing our top five there. And uh, Bear and I at 130 are going to do a Mount Rushmore on the most overrated Pittsburgh athletes of all time. And then uh, early in the show, the 1230 – segment we're going to look back at uh, Oklahoma and WVU games this might be it Saturday's game might very well be the last one for a long long time because Oklahoma left the Big 12 and uh, the odds of them matching up again but there has been some great ones Howard of course we had the the Bill Stewart uh, uh, game Uh, uh, we'll get into that Uh, but uh, there's been some really really good this night no, and I I forgot. Leave no doubt is yeah. is the name on that, and we're gonna play that. It's about a minute I get, long. I I get chills. It does. If you I... if you listen to that, if you're not ready to put your helmet on and go out there and kick somebody's ass, yeah. and there's something wrong with you, I picked you a good one, boys. Didn't right. I pick you a good one. He did, and and again, it'll fire you up. And also, in 1982, Jeff Hostetler. Uh, nobody knew, couldn't pronounce his name. Who who's this guy? But uh, we soon uh, realized who he was. 
and uh, Jeff Hostetler had a big game against Oklahoma. So we have all that as we try to fill in for Donnie Gilbert. Good old boys on sports, Howard. And then tomorrow, continuing the sports conversation, we thought uh, Football Fridays were done, but in point of fact, they're not. Uh, the Pine Room guys are going to be out at Gumby's in Elm Grove, not just because they like Gumby's, which they do. We do. But they're going to be out there because um, you're going to have a chance to come down, visit with them, talk to them, get pictures taken with them, and send Wheeling Park on their way to uh, their playoff game. Tommy sometimes really works out, Howard. Uh, Wheeling Park will be at uh, Wheeling uh, Island Stadium, kind of going over through uh, the last-minute things, and they're going to get on the bus but it's so cool, and we're so thankful. They're going to get off at the Elm Grove exit, and they're going to drive by Gumby's because the Pine Room podcast will be going on, and there's going to be a crowd of parents there, well-wishers. They're going to go through Elm Grove and get back on the interstate, but it's a chance to everyone to give the Patriots a great send-off. So if you're a fan of the Patriots and you just want to, uh, again, just wish them good luck and wave to them and show up around, it's not like there's not an alarm clock here. They're going to leave Willie Young at 1230. So around the 1230 mark, be at Gumby's in Elm Grove. The Pine Room boys will already be there starting at noon, and um, and 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 then the bus will come by, and you'll have a chance to wave and shout and you know tell them good luck and all that kind of good stuff, and and then and then y'all can go home because that's the end of it. No, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, it is not the end of it. I know there's a lot of people making their drive in their personal vehicles and stuff, and we want to encourage everyone. That's a long trip, Howard. We'd have a cooler pack, wouldn't we? You betcha. So we encourage you to stop at Gumby's and get all your items because, again, just another thing, beautiful timing, there is a chartered bus for parents, folks that don't want to get in their vehicle, want someone else to do the driving for them. That bus is leaving Willing Park at 2.30, and they're going to drive right by the broadcast also. So You're it's going kidding to be, me. No, it's going to be a great send-off so for everybody. and the fans. Everybody. Both coming right by the Pine Room Boys. Elm Grove Gumby's. Don't miss it. All right. Courtesy of Gumby's and our good friends at Jill's Gentleman's Club. Uh, the We thought we were done with football Fridays and Gumby's, but no. No. And Gumby's. Uh, this could be the best one ever. It, we're going to try our best. And I heard from our fine folks at Gumby's. They're going to have T-shirts, giveaways. And we also want to thank Jill's Gentleman's Club because, man, fr- football Fridays have been great. And we're going to go out on a great note. So, uh, again, if you're a fan of the, of the Park Patriots or if you're just an Ohio Valley resident, you want to wish them well as they head off to play up. Be at the Gumby's in Elm Grove around 1230 right around 1230 And yep. then uh, hang, kind of hang out, talk to the Pine Room boys, and, um, and shout to all the And bu- you know buses. what? I, that's a long bus ride, but I think that would really be a great way of showing those young guys and uh, the girls or whoever's on the bus that we're really rooting for you. Get that win, and maybe, just maybe if we're lucky, Wheeling Park can end up over on the island for the Super 6, Howard. 916 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Now, um, if you have been watching on Facebook Live, I've been trying to, once or twice a day, pop in on Facebook Live, just so you all remember that we are here. Uh, I'm not leaving the Facebook Live up. We do have all new cameras and all new studio equipment, uh, video equipment here in the studio. We will be going full video uh, in the near future, once we get things put together. But I just kind of want to remind you, that's why I'm doing the Facebook Live. I will end the Facebook Live at this point when we go to the break and remind you that we're on the radio, AM 1600, AM 1370, FM 98.1, FM 97.7, and always at watchdognetwork.com. So be sure to listen weekdays from 7 to 10. Remember, uh, every show is archived up on our podcast page at watchdognetwork.com so you can uh, listen at your own schedule. 
Coming up, we'll talk to Rabbi Leaf about anti-Semitism. That's next. Watchdog Morning Show. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Hey, Mountaineer Nation, this is Josh Eilert, head coach of your West Virginia men's basketball team. Be sure to join Tony Creedy and I, along with several Mountaineer players and other special guests, each week at Kegler Sports Bar and Grill for the most comprehensive Mountaineer basketball coverage you can find. Come on down to Kegler's each week for the Josh Eilert Show from 6 to 8 p.m. Or join us on your hometown MSN radio affiliate on the Mountaineer Sports Network. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project and get 11% off everything. Check out Menard's great selection of Lutron lighting controls. LED plus dimmer switches let you create perfect lighting for any activity. Lutron dimmer switches are available in three color options. Right now, just $19.98 after 11% off. Good through November 12th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menard's. Whether you're a homeowner, do-it-yourselfer, or professional contractor, the Flooring Center is your trusted partner. With our expert designers, professional installers, and massive inventory of luxury waterproof flooring, carpet, tile, hardwood, backsplash, cabinets, and countertops, no project is too tough to handle. From the first consultation to the final installation, we're there with you every step of the way. The Flooring Center, centered around you. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. That's not loving me. Then all I've got to say. God didn't make little green apples and it don't rain in Indianapolis in the summertime. Every Thursday is uh, Country Bumper Music here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Roger Miller always opens our third hour with uh, Walking on Sunshine, so we're using uh, Roger Miller Country Bumper Music all throughout this hour of the program. It's 920. Uh, the uh, rabbi of Temple Shalom here in Wheeling, Joshua Leaf, is with us this morning. I wanted to talk about anti-Semitism. There was a, uh, a gathering, a forum, if you will, both in this area and in the southern part of West Virginia recently to talk about the issue of Bill Elenfeld and Will Thompson put that together, along with folks in the FBI and so on. But I wanted to get maybe a little bit, if the rabbi doesn't mind, personal. So first of all, good morning, sir. Shalom. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, I remember when you were with us and when you spoke to counsel during the Crown Act, and you talked a lot about when you were a child and, and how you were sort of set aside. Is anti-Semitism something you personally have felt throughout your life? Certainly, on on many individual occasions, uh, not only when I was a kid, but as an adult as well. I think it's uh, part of being a minority. Uh, folks who are in the majority tend to 
uh, pick on the minorities around them. Uh, it's 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 a reality of life. I don't think that our community has a a a, a large amount of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are individuals who make choices that are unfortunate, but I don't think our community as a whole is an unfriendly place. I think quite the opposite. In fact, uh, we are we are actually well supported by friends and neighbors of of all faiths across the spectrum every time we have interfaith programming or invite people to come to something that we're doing we we have wonderful support from across the community i think there individuals out there in the world who choose to bully those who are different than them this is uh, maybe a a ridiculous question how much of the anti-semitism you see you feel or that's around is and try and follow my thought process because I may not explain myself well. How much is intentional, and how much is simply cultural? This is kind of the way people have been taught, and they're not even thinking about what they're doing. Well, I, I think there. Are, uh, that's an interesting distinction that you've that you've made. I, I would I would give examples of those cases. So on the one hand, I remember when I was a child, and now as a parent of two children. The school system is preparing for the quote-unquote holiday concerts, and overwhelmingly it's Christmas music. They'll throw in, you know, I have a little dreidel in there as a sop to the, to the Jewish kid. But, I'm not laughing, but, but yes, that's, you're right, is, that's what's done. <laughs> that's a silly little cute song, whereas the Christian music is often liturgical mm-hmm. Christian music, you know, religiously relevant, significant films, not just the, not just Winter Wonderland, but specifically talking about Jesus as the eventual Savior of the world being born. And when you're not a Christian, when you're the one Jewish kid in your class or the one Jewish kid in your school, it's it's unintentional. But you definitely feel singled out. You definitely feel different. And it's it's an awkward challenge for the child to decide, do I make a big deal of this, in which case I'll be singled out even more, or do I just keep my mouth shut, in which case I'm suffering in silence? For the parent to wonder, do I take this to the teacher? Do I take this to the principal? Do I take this to the school board and say, oh, it's anti-Semitism? Or do I say, well, that's just the reality. The overwhelming number of the students are Christian, uh, and my kid may be the only Jewish one in the class, so do I make a big deal of this or not? The Christian parent doesn't have to worry about that. The Christian student doesn't have to wrestle with that. The Jewish student and the Jewish parent are. So I think that's unintentional, but the pressures of being a minority are very real nonetheless. And on the other side, the the sort of intentional anti-Semitism, yes, of course that exists. I, I remember being... Uh, uh, bullied as a kid and called a Christ killer. And I didn't even know what they were talking about because that wasn't something I'd learned. (laughs) I I didn't even know why I was being beaten up on the playground, except (laughs) that I was Jewish was clearly the reason. Uh, And so uh, I think there there are both. I think there's a lot more of the former uh, and a lot less of the latter, but it doesn't mean that either one isn't a difficult challenge. And I have to imagine, I've I've said many times in, in other settings when discrimination is the topic, 
I don't have to be handicapped to think there should be a ramp. I don't have to be right. female to think that women shouldn't be paid less than men. I don't have to be uh, a, a black person to think that there should be equal rights regardless of race. Uh, I'm a minority in a different way, but I have a definite appreciation for those who are made to feel as if they are the other. Our religious tradition as Jews explicitly directs us to be kind to the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt, the, the, the Torah tells us. One time in Leviticus chapter 19, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Thirty-six times between Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we're told to love the stranger, be kind mm-hmm. to the stranger, help the stranger, don't be mean to the stranger. Thirty-six times we're reminded not to be cruel to those who are different than us, I would argue, because many of us have felt the experience of knowing what it's like to be the one who's different. Rabbi, you are among the most positive people that I know. When I see you, when I hear you speak, uh, you always bring a positive outlook to things. Even when we talked a few weeks ago about the Israel-Hamas war and you were really angry about what was happening there, there is a sense of, uh, of, of, of ha- happiness, not about the war, but, I mean, you're just a very positive guy. How do you deal with that? What, I mean, what, what, um, what gives that to you? Is that, is that a faith-based thing? Well, I think it's, it's our opportunity. I can only speak to my experience as a Jew. I can't, I can't speak to anyone else's religious experience because each is uniquely their own. But uh, I feel called by the, relent, the religious teachings of our faith that we're supposed to be partners with God in making the world around us a better place. I'm not sure how I would accomplish that by being complaining and unhappy mm-hmm. and angry. Uh, I, can, I can do a lot more good by trying to be positive, so I, I try to deliver on what I think our religion suggests God has asked of me as a person. Anti-Semitism, have you seen it growing over the years? Uh, and We can talk about since the Hamas attacks, but even before that, is anti-Semitism something that is growing in this country, I guess, or around the world, or not? I mean, what's, I what's been your perspective? That, I don't know that growing is the, the word I would use. Uh, I think present always, mm-hmm. for varying reasons, um, and the question is acceptable in public or not. It's certainly a lot more people are saying and doing uh, anti-Semitic things of late, right, both on the right wing of the political spectrum and on the left wing of the political spectrum, those on the extremes uh, are emboldened, I think, in our American society context. I, I don't know about globally. I can only say here in the United States, our political discourse over the last couple decades, in fact, Going back into the, the, the disputed election of 2000, I would suggest, when the, the final results had to go to the Supreme Court and the nation was very bitterly divided, uh, I think that political discourse in our country has become extremely antagonistic, and many folks have been emboldened on the extremes of both left and right to say things that used to be not said. Mm -hmm. Now, did they think them in their hearts? Probably, but I think the open experience of anti-Semitism, there's no question, uh, and the Justice Department was here earlier this week with the program that you mentioned, uh, there's a 400% rise in anti-Semitic acts 
hate crimes, if you will, since October 7th, since the, the Hamas attacks against Israel, there's been a 400% rise compared to, say, last year's same time of people doing and saying hateful things. The fact that it hasn't happened here in Wheeling is wonderful. I'm delighted that no one has chosen to paint a swastika on the temple, thank God. I'm, I'm delighted that uh, no one has chosen to do hateful things to us. But there definitely is a marked rise in uh, uncomfortable discourse, particularly on social media, where people are saying things that used to not be acceptable to be said in public, like death to all the Jews. You wouldn't say that to any other group. You wouldn't say death to all the Christians, death to all the whites, death to all the blacks, death to all the anybody. You, you wouldn't say that, but there's people on college campuses uh, demanding uh, a, a, a continuation of the, the, the Hitlerian final solution. Yes, let's get rid of all the Jews and then the world will be a better place. That, the fact that that is acceptable discourse is very frightening. Rabbi, before I let you go, some thoughts for everybody, both personally and then societally. How do we, who do not want to see this continue to grow and be a problem, how should we, um, non-Jews, deal personally and, and societally with the, the, the anti-Semitism and perhaps the rise of that? Uh, I think that each of us, as people, has the opportunity to set a moral example for anyone else who may be watching with our words and our actions each and every day. And the example that we choose to set is noticed. Uh, you may not even realize how often it is noticed, but if we're cruel to people who are different than us, that says to someone else, oh, that's okay to be cruel. I'm in a I'm in a, a place where other people feel that that's an appropriate way to behave. If we're instead kind to those who are different, to those who are outsiders, to those who are strangers, to the, to the defenseless, to those who can't uh, do anything to stop us so we have the power, if we're kind to them instead of cruel, then we set an example that this is a community where that's the norm, and other people will then be challenged to either follow that norm or feel that being cruel is what's wrong, and maybe they should change. <laughs> I think that that's, uh, that's an opportunity that every person has, regardless, and not just on the subject of anti-Semitism, but on the subject of racism, sexism, ageism, you name it, any kind of situation where you find yourself in the, minor in the majority and someone else is the minority, do you take advantage of them, or are you instead kind? And I argue we all ought to be more kind, and that would set the tone for a community where kindness is the expectation, not the outlier. Rabbi, it is always a joy to talk to you. I really appreciate uh, your insight into so many things. I'm glad you spent some time with us this morning. And uh, don't be surprised if I don't reach out and ask you to come back again one of these days to talk about some things again, because I... I really do enjoy what, uh, what you have to say. But My pleasure. Thanks for being here today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Rabbi Joshua Lee from Temple Shalom. Uh, there was a gathering uh, put on by Bill Elenfeld, the federal attorney here, and Will Thompson, the southern uh, federal attorney in West Virginia, on anti-Semitism.
uh, and the growth of it, particularly in the wake of the Hamas attacks. Uh, that seminar, Town Forum, I'm not sure what they called it, but uh, was held earlier this week, and uh, it prompted me to get uh, the rabbi's uh, thought on it. But I, I wanted to get a little more personal about, you know, how do you deal with it on a personal level? So I appreciate him. He's just such a outspoken, I mean, just, I love, I love to listen to him, just plain listen to him. I don't know how they can put a couple sinners like you and I in the same room with uh, Bishop Cummings and <laughs> Rabbi Lee, Howard. It ain't going to work, is it? Hey, listen, the, part of the reason I bring these people in, Bob, is I hope some of the stuff rubs off on us, you know. It's, <laughs> right. Well, we, uh, in, in Ohio, the voters did a great thing, a great thing. They passed the uh, recreational marijuana bill. They passed the abortion access bill, uh, the constitutional amendment. These were convincing votes, and already efforts are being made to knock them down. David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal was next. Good Thursday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 9th. Will Carmen, a convicted murderer from Wheeling, has been handed a life sentence without mercy for the murder of Anor Skoshtag. In addition, Carmen has been ordered to serve a prison term ranging from a minimum of 78 years to a maximum of 100. Carmen was found guilty of first-degree murder, burglary, robbery, and gross child neglect on August 3rd. When delivering the sentence yesterday, Judge David Sims said Carmen, quote, showed no remorse and therefore deserves no mercy. Scosh Tag's mother addressed the court and said Honora was a wonderful mother, a physician, and a peace lover. And concerned citizens voiced their distress over the high euthanasia rates at the Belmont County Animal Shelter at a recent town hall meeting. Questions were raised about the banning of volunteers and rejection of potential adopters amidst claims of overcrowding. Despite the nationwide issue of shelter overcrowding, J.B. Dutton stated that Belmont County's rate is below the Ohio average of 7%. Former volunteers cited a pattern of intimidation by dog warden Lisa Duvall, leading to a significant staff overturn. Commissioners clarified that a disagreement between volunteers is why they were let go. They also stated that they would look into the concerns brought up last night and get back to the public. And we're still looking for remarkable women who make a positive difference in our community. If you have someone in your life, we encourage you to nominate her for our Remarkable Woman Contest. Just visit WTRF.com and click on the Contest tab. There you will see the Remarkable Woman section where you can nominate a woman of your choice. But remember, you cannot nominate yourself. And the official start of Christmas is tonight at Ogilvy with the switch on of the Festival of Lights. I will be there, so will Brenda Danehart and, of course, the West Banco President and CEO Jeff Jackson, along with Santa Claus. We will have all the coverage tonight at 5 and 6. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Thursday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Now at Menards, save big money on your next project and get 11% off everything. Check out Menards' great selection of Lutron lighting controls. LED Plus dimmer switches let you create perfect lighting for any activity. Lutron dimmer switches are available in three color options. Right now, just $19.98 after 11% off. Good through November 12th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Mornings are darker, leaves turn brighter, nights are cooler. Enjoy your fall season with us every weekday here on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Old toy trains, little toy tracks, little boy toys, 
Coming from a sack Carried by a man Dressed in white and red Little boy don't think It's time you were in bed You know I'm just thinking here little boy They were talking about Santa Claus And you know we had Santa Claus on yesterday We had Randy Chamberlain talking about uh, uh, History of Moundsville uh, Earlier today The rabbi just on this morning you know, tomorrow morning we do our uh, highlights of the week. I, I'm going to have a hard time picking some highlights. i got to tell you that. It's good to have a bunch and not uh, not enough. There have been times when it's been crickets. <laughs> what am I going to do? Well, we convince. I say we. Uh, I'm not an Ohio voter. But in Ohio, voters convincingly uh, approved a constitutional amendment to allow access to abortion and approved a statute change to allow recreational marijuana. And yet, in less than 24 hours, efforts are already underway to try to reverse those one way or another. David DeWitt is with us from the Ohio Capital Journal. David, they wasted no time in trying to get rid of the voters' choices, right? Right. Hi, Howard. Thanks for having me on. Yes, so the election night returns came in. The races were called. It's clear that... um, 50, 57% passed the marijuana law, 56.62% uh, passed the abortion rights amendment, and we still have provisionals to count, and usually those lean in favor, so those might go up a little bit. They're probably both going to end up around 57%. So strong, convincing victories for both issues, and within an hour of the races being called, gerrymandered legislative leaders said that they wouldn't accept this and that they would continue to fight uh, to restrict abortion access and to um, change the marijuana law. Because it's just initiated law, they do have the ability to change the law however they wish, and we have no idea what they're going to do. But they're talking about uh, changing things about taxes, changing things about THC levels, and pretty much whatever they want to do on that. As far as the abortion uh, restrictions, this is just going to be basically right now in Ohio, the six-week ban is on hold. Abortion is legal up until 22 weeks. The constitutional amendment that was passed does allow for restrictions of abortions after fetal viability, after viability which yeah. usually falls between 24 and 26 weeks. So. Lawmakers are promising to fight this all. Um, It's all going to have to play out in court. It's all going to have to play out in legal battles in various jurisdictions, different levels. And we'll see where it goes. But for now, doctors can breathe a sigh of relief. Patients can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, Everything's going to stay how it is with the 22-week ban. Um, for now, and we'll see what happens in the courts. David, that that uh, the abortion access amendment t- takes effect in January. Am I right about that? Um, it's uh, it would be December. It's thirty days. Oh, okay. Is right. What the summer language right. and and the same with the marijuana law. Thirty okay. days after the election. Now, as you point out, and and just clarify for our audience who maybe were not familiar with it, the marijuana issue was a change in the statute. So all they did was revise the statute to include medical marijuana or, uh, uh, recreational marijuana and some specifics involving that. But as you point out, legislators could just go in and revise the statute themselves again. And that's 
likely something they will do or at least attempt to do be a little more difficult on the abortion issue because that was a constitutional amendment that was passed. Uh, although even within the purview of the amendment, I guess there are some legislative controls they could put into effect, right? Yeah, so um, it's going to come down to court interpretation. There, Ohio has, I think Ohio's put in 30 different anti-abortion restrictions since 2011. Um, and all of those are still on the books in Ohio Revised Code. So each of those are going to have to be dealt with in the courts or by lawmakers one way or another. Um, and it's going to be up to court interpretation. We have they added party labels to our Ohio Supreme Court. So we have a Republican Ohio Supreme Court, very anti-abortion, very right wing. We don't know exactly how they'll rule on the various things that lawmakers might attempt. Because of the very clear fetal viability standard in the amendment, it would be, it's pretty much unimaginable that they could find some way to twist the language to say that a six-week ban would be acceptable. Uh, It would basically be that would be a violation of the amendment that the voters just passed. It would lead to federal litigation if the Supreme Court did that. But most law professors I've seen interviewed so far think that that's just way out of bounds and strains every legal thought that they could possibly have. So it's going to come down to they're going to try to restrict abortion as much as they can and see what they can get courts to agree with them on but, they but the also, language of they, the amendment is pretty clear they also have they also have have the uh, option they being republican leadership uh, and lawmakers they have the option of uh, trying for another uh, uh, another constitutional amendment right yes and the, and that's what's been floated by uh the republican senate president matt huffman uh he's and he said the same thing after the August issue one, too, is like, we'll just bring this back to voters. Um, so he's he was indicating on election night and they never did it with the August issue one. So we'll see what happens from here. But he was indicating with the uh, on election night that uh, I'm just going to keep bringing amendments to voters uh, over and over again until they do what we want. Um it's just an interesting strategy. I don't like he probably has the votes in his gerrymandered chamber to do that. It's unclear what the votes in the House might be. Twenty seven House Republicans signed on to a letter saying that. Uh, and this is kind of funny, because before the vote, they were saying that this is a radical amendment that would change all the law. And the day after the election, they're saying, this amendment's too vague to change any law. It won't change anything. Everything stays the same. So they're blatantly contradicting themselves between Tuesday and Wednesday. But that's only 27. There are 67 Republicans in the Ohio House. So that's a hard vote to win, you know. Um, It's kind of unclear what the House might do or if they would support another amendment proposal or what time frame. There's just... There's a lot of lawmaking and legal battles in the courts to play out here at this point. Yeah, it's not unusual for the Republican leadership to be flip-flopping, if that's the phrase to use on these things. We remember that, that they had actually passed legislation saying you could not put these amendments on the ballot uh, in in between elections, so to speak. And then they, when they wanted to do it a couple of months ago, they went ahead and did it anyway. So, I mean, it's just, you know... The, 
they do they do what they want to do. But let me let me ask a broader question outside the two amendments per se. I've been seeing and hearing from a lot of people in the last 48 hours who are clapping their hands and going, "Yay, yay! The tide has turned." Uh, the 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 um, progressive movement, liberal movement, Democrat. Uh, now we see that they're going to really be making big changes in Ohio. I personally am not sure that we can draw that interpretation from these two votes. Do you? Um, no. So uh, we've known for many years that oh, uh, voters have been pulled on these issues over and over again. We know that they support abortion rights with some reasonable uh, restrictions. Uh, voting on a single issue directed like this is much different than voting on candidates yep. uh, who who represent a broad array of issues that people might be motivated by, right? So I like I I think Ohio is still very likely to go for um, well, it's most likely going to be Donald Trump as the nominee next year. Uh, they're probably going to vote Republican in the presidential race next year. I do think that this this vote, because all three of the potential opponents of Sherrod Brown next year came out very strongly against issue one. I think this does hand Sherrod a cudgel to hit his opponents over the head with um, that they want to restrict abortion in these extremist ways that the voters don't agree with. And. And they're already, you already see the campaigns and the Ohio Democrats trying to pin this, this vote uh, on them and their, their stances being outside of Ohio. So I think it does help Sherrod a little bit, but Sherrod's always had cross-partisan mm-hmm. appeal anyway. And if you look at the map results, uh, that would be like a blueprint for Sherrod victory. But by and large, you know, Ohio is still a Republican state. It's not as an extreme Republican as our legislature is because of gerrymandering. Ohio is like a 56-44 Republican state. Um, so I would say that 2024 is probably going to be a much better year for Ohio Republicans <laughs> than 2023 has been. Um, but I, I think Sherrod still has a chance. I think your point earlier is the point that I've been making about drawing the wrong interpretation from these um, these amendments. On a single issue, you can get uh, consensus and you can get activism. You can get people going to the polls because they want to deal with the abortion issue in particular, and also many on the recreation or the uh, yeah, recreational marijuana issue. There is a movement. There is excitement. There is a desire to go vote on that which sadly just I don't think translates into a je- – I was talking to somebody yesterday. I don't know when the last time, maybe going back to Barack Obama was, that I saw an actual movement for candidates, uh, statewide or, or national. I mean, we just – it's right. it, the difference between voting for an issue and voting for a candidate is dramatic. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that if Republicans are going to fight the voters on this and they're going to drag it out for a year, I mean, they they are playing with fire there because they're going to keep these issues in the forefront of voters' minds all throughout 2024. It's going to be in the news every week. And the voters are going to be perpetually reminded that these Republicans are way out of step with the majority so I think Republicans are playing with fire. They really want to fight voters for the entire presidential election year 
over the abortion issue. Um, that's that's a choice for sure, if that's the strategy that they want to go about. It is a good point. It may actually be to the benefit of those who support the abortion, uh, support these amendments to, for, for the GOP to keep, keep them front and center because they are very energizing uh, issues for a large number of people. Yeah, it'll keep this coalition together through the entire year, which is, you know, I'm not sure that's a very advisable political strategy, sure, <laughs> just looking at it, you know, but um, they're going to do what they're going to do, so we'll find out. David, I appreciate your uh, time with us this morning. I always appreciate reading what you have to say in the Ohio Capital Journal, and I read the Capital Journal uh, every day. Uh, again, I say every time I have someone on from your organization that what I like about the Ohio Capital Journal was it does it's not just the drive-by story of the day. It's always in-depth looking at different things, and I always enjoy having you and other members of your reporting team on with us because we get really good in-depth info, and I encourage people to check out the Ohio Capital Journal and look for your columns because, if nothing else, there's a lot of passion in it, my friend. Yes, yes, that's true. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I really appreciate it, Howard. Thank you. David, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Thanks very much for today. Okay, sounds good. Take care. David DeWitt is the executive editor of and commentator for the Ohio Capital Journal. It's an online newspaper, one of the good ones. Ohio Capital Journal, uh, West Virginia Watch in uh, the Mountain State is of the same uh, vein. They're part of the same national overarching organization that does reporting as a nonprofit group for online stuff. And uh, they're both, I, I use both of those a lot. Mountain State Spotlight in West Virginia as well. Not to diminish... The traditional media, like our own WVMetroNews.com and, and Metro News and, and Brad and the whole team, but I really enjoy Capital Journal. I really enjoy the West Virginia Watch. And David, <laughs> I, I love to read him, Bob, and I love to talk to him because this guy has got such passion, and he doesn't, he just calls, he calls it the way he sees it. And I'm sure he makes lots of enemies when he does that on in um, the State House in Columbus. Hey, it's 10 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Bob Westfall will join us coming up. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Want to know what's up in Wheeling? Tune in Wednesdays at noon for Your Wheeling. No two ways about it. With Mayor Glenn Elliott and Vice Mayor Chad Thalman. Live and local, only on The Watchdog. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank, the right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. 
You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. It's jacket and hoodie weather outside, but we're like the warm indoors. Grab your coffee and sit a spell with us. Covering the valley with over 10,000 watts of power. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Trailers for sale or rent. Love it. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. Ain't got no cigarettes. Ah, but two hours of pushing broom buys an eight, twelve, four bedroom. I'm a man of means, by no means, king of the road. I have come, of course, now to appreciate Roger Miller for our opening song, the third hour, which is the Sunshine song. But I got to tell you, this is the definitive Roger Miller song for me. It is. I mean, it was probably his biggest hits too. But when he sings "Little Toy Trains," I can't yeah, help but to think about my little boys, yeah, and it yeah, uh, yep. it can be emotional. Yep. A, a great. A, what a country crooner! I'm trying to think what word do you because he's. Just, of course, all country songs tell a story, but he he somehow there's something about the stories he tells that are a little bit different than a traditional country story. A little different. Yeah, I really I really like him. Listen, um, I, I need to I apologize because um, sometimes I get so wrapped up. It's been a busy not just day, but it's been a very busy week this week, and I've had a lot of guests come in. I hope that we've done a good job in providing you with information and some entertainment, like Santa Claus and Randy. Uh, Chamberlain and so on. But when I do that, Bob, sometimes I forget to go to the text line, I forget to go to the phone lines, and it, that's my fault, and I am sorry. We were talking to Randy Chamberlain, who wrote the book, uh, wrote columns around the mound, and the echo would now are compiled into a little book that you can get starting this weekend at some of the stores in Moundsville and at Amazon.com, Memories from Around the Mound by Randy Chamberlain. Uh, one of the texts we got, because Randy used to be in a radio back in the heyday of the rock and roll radio days here in Wheeling, um, and was on this station on 1370 back when it was wife, and everyone listens to their wife, um, text off the Frio Stack Ox Service text line, my late neighbor Bernie used to do a radio show on the Moundsville station. Uh, I don't know who Bernie was, but I, I am sorry I didn't get to that, and I would have read it to, to Randy, and maybe he would have known Bernie, whoever uh, Bernie was. And then we had a phone call, too. Somebody want to tell a story. We really did, Howard, and I, I don't believe I've ever talked to this uh, gentleman before, but he seemed to have a really good story about his parents being in the movie Fool's Parade, Fool's Parade. and he just didn't have enough time. It was uh, I would have loved to have heard his story, but uh, he didn't uh, call quick enough. Yeah, a couple of things I would mention. It is all our fault, and particularly my fault. I just don't stop to take time. I get so wrapped up in the guests and in my conversation. And again, this week in particular, it's been so busy that I, I don't stop to take time to think about the phone calls. I would ask you, if you have a question for a guest or a comment for a guest, call early when the guest is here. What happens a lot is we get a call, somebody calls at three minutes till the hour. Well, there's just not enough time to get something in. And that's exactly what happened here. But I had an idea, Howard. Okay. Maybe I'll do a little research, and I will find the exact uh, premiere of the movie Fool's Parade. And maybe we can reach out to those that have a collection. Maybe we could do a, a segment idea. on uh, Fool's Parade. We'll find out exactly when it came out. I think one of the premieres 
were here was right here in downtown Wheeling. You correct? know something we didn't talk about, Randy, and I believe you are correct. That there was a premiere right here in Wheeling, a Fool's Parade. Let me take a quick look at this while I'm have the book out. For so, me. if anybody out there knows someone in the Moundsville area or any area that has some memorabilia or some great. Uh, uh, thoughts, some memories, uh, maybe get a hold of us uh, when we put that together. So uh, yeah, that's that's a, actually a really good idea. Can we get Jimmy Stewart, Howard? I don't think we can get Jimmy. Well, well, well I could, uh, <laughs> I could, uh, well, well, the new Jimmy Stewart. Um, it, it was um, it was big in this area, and there I, there are people around who either themselves or maybe their somebody, yeah, will remember that because I I have talked to people. Get you know, I'm. The one I remember was Kitty Depkin. Now, I was obviously a, a, a kid in school. Kitty Depkin was the society editor, they called it that back then, the woman's editor of the uh, newspaper. She was just a delightful woman. I, she, she mentored me in a lot of ways, um, and she was, she was in, in Pool's Parade, and I remember that. So I knew her, you know, so I'm sure that there are other people out there who were either in Fool's Parade or would remember someone who was in it. So, yeah, it might be kind of fun to do that. Um, let me look here and see. The movie was made in September of 71. 71, the movie was made. And I'm looking real quick to see if we know when the... Um, I'm pretty sure you're right. There was a... Um, it doesn't say when the uh, the um, uh, premiere was, but I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure there was a premiere here in Wheeling. And that was pretty much like uh, would be like Tom Hanks coming to uh, to Wheeling. Now Jimmy Stewart was it towards the end of his career, but he yeah, was but he still was, a very very popular uh, I mean, actor. He was a, a, a huge actor. I mean, uh, the, the, uh, what we would now call superstar, you know. Um, and George Kennedy was on his way up at the time. Kurt Russell was just a budding actor back then. We can get Kurt Russell; he's still living. And oh, and could we get Goldie Hawn too? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> and. Um, uh, who else did you mention? Oh, Strother Martin was in that, too. Yeah, he's long gone. Great character actor, though. Great character actor. Uh, what a great group they were. Um, Fool's Parade. September of 1971. I'm reading that from the uh, uh, Randy Chamberlain's book. It was September of 1971. The Hollywood movie cameras returned to Moundsville for the filming of Fool's Parade. Um, again, based on a story written by Davis Grubb, who was a Moundsville native. The first movie made by a Davis Grubb movie was... Uh, the Night of the Hunter in 1955. Robert Mitchum, another big hitter. So good stuff there. Hey, that's it. We're done for the day. I got to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kirchwell's got the comm coming up next. We will get together again tomorrow morning. And among other things, uh, McCabe will be here. We'll have the Friday Roundtable. Bill Bryson, Uniglobal High Valley Travel. And uh, Bob and I will scourge, uh, we'll scrounge through the entire list of things that we did this week and try to come up with some highlights i think we have some good highlights for the week we do and don't forget everybody good old boys on sports at noon give us a shot check it out today here on the watchdog radio network it's uh, just about 10 o'clock abc covers the world next watchdog is fm 98.1 am 1600 wkkx wheeling FM 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville.